0: Super Fudge, written by Judy Bloom, Chapter 6, Farley Drexel Meets Ratface. In August, Turtle needed his yearly checkup and shots. Mom and Dad asked around and decided on the Ark, an animal hospital near the highway. To get there, we drove through town on a bridge over the lake where Alex and I dug worms up a long hill and all the way out to the traffic circle. It seemed to me they could have found someplace a bit closer. Turtle always shakes when he goes to the vet. I don't know how he knows he's going to get his shots, but he does. I tried talking to him softly, telling him it would only hurt for a second, but he whined and cowered in the corner anyway. On the way back, we stopped off at Sandy's Bakery near the traffic circle. They make the best brownies I've ever tasted, and without nuts. Mom is allergic to tree nuts, but not peanuts. Lucky for her, she can still eat peanut butter. Without peanut butter, I might starve. The week before school started, I had a lot of trouble falling asleep. It was too quiet in Princeton. I missed the sounds of the city. I tried not to think of my Crescens crystal sitting in its box on the shelf of my closet. I tried counting sheep and reciting the alphabet backwards instead. But when that didn't work, I just couldn't help myself. I jumped out of bed and got at the foot of my bed chanting. I'm sorry. I jumped out of bed and got it. As I held it up, I imagined Creskin himself standing at the foot of my bed chanting, Sleep! Sleep! I woke up the next morning with my Creskin's crystal under me. I had a pain in my butt from sleeping on top of it, and I felt really guilty about having used it at all. I'd cheated on Jimmy Fargo. We'd made a deal and I'd broken it. Some friend I was, I wanted to tell him that it was okay with me if he decided to use our rock. But Jimmy... I wanted to tell him it was okay with me if I decide, if he decided to use dark, but Jimmy was in Vermont with his mother, and they had no phone up there, and I wasn't the only one who was having trouble sleeping. I can't sleep anymore, Fudge said at breakfast. Why not, Dad asked. I'm afraid of what, Dad said. Monsters! There are no monsters, Dad told him. How do you know? Because I do, Dad said, spreading strawberry jam on his toast. Did you learn it at college? Fudge asked, making mush out of his cereal. No. Then where did you learn it? Fudge asked. Dad sipped his coffee. Then he said, I uh, learned it in high school. Come on, Dad, I said, laughing. Dad gave me a look that let me know I should keep quiet. I wondered if he and Mom had told told me ridiculous things like that when I was a little kid, and if I'd believe them. I'm still afraid, Fudge said. I want to sleep in Pita's room. No way, I said. There's no way I'm going to have him in my room. He talks in his sleep. Then I'll sleep with Mommy, Fudge announced. My mother, who had been reading the morning paper, looked up. What? She asked. From now on, I'm sleeping with you, Fudge said. You have your own room, Fudgy, Mom told him, with your own big boy bed. I don't want my own room, he shouted. I want to share. Sharing is better. You always say so. (coughs) Mom sighed. That's different, she said. Sharing is for toys and cookies and maybe if Turtle sleeps with Fudge, Dad began, but I didn't wait for him to finish. Hey, wait a minute. Turtle is my dog, remember? But you're willing to share him, aren't you, Peter, Dad asked? Not at night. He sleeps with me. Fudge started to cry. Nobody cares about Fudgy. Nobody cares if the monsters eat him up. "'Nobody is going to eat you up,' Mom said. "'How do you know?' "'Because I do. That's how,' Mom said. "'Did you learn it in high school?' Uh, "'Excuse me,' I said, getting up from the table, "'but this is where I came in.'" Fudge solved his problem by himself. Every night after the rest of the family had gone to sleep, Fudge dragged his Snoopy sleeping bag down the hall and parked himself in front of Mom and Dad's bedroom where he slept. And mom and dad didn't do a thing about it. They'd just get up in the morning and step right over him. They told each other it was just another phase, that he'd get over it. If Fudge wasn't going through one phase, he was going through another. I couldn't help thinking that one of these days, Tootsie would be going through phases too. The way it looked now, there might be no end. On the day before school started, Alex and I rode our bikes to the shopping center to buy our school supplies. That reminded me of Jimmy Fargo and how we always used to go shopping for school supplies together, I felt really lonely thinking about Jimmy and scared about that what school would be like here. Maybe all the kids would hate me. Maybe I'd hate them. Maybe we'd hate each other. Maybe I'd get a dumb teacher. Dumb teachers are the worst. I should know. I had one in third grade. That night, I didn't even try to get to sleep without my Crescens crystal. Even so, I woke up about a million times during the night. The next morning, I asked Mom how she expected me to walk Fudge to school and still ride my bike with Alex, because Alex told me that all the kids in Princeton ride bikes to school. Maybe you could ride slowly and Fudge could walk beside you, she said. Come on, Mom! Well, maybe you could walk him until he knows the way by himself. That might take all year, I said. Besides, I want to go to school with Alex. Look, Peter, how about if you just walk him the first week and then we'll see what happens. I don't think you understand, Mom. Sixth graders don't walk kindergarten babies to school at all. And I don't think you understand how disappointed Fudge is going to be, Mom said, slamming the refrigerator door. But if that's the way you feel about it, I'll take him myself. Good idea, I told her. But Fudge, who'd been listening behind the kitchen door, shouted, no, I want to go to school with Peter. You promised, he told Mom. You promised. Mom looked at me as if to say, you see? All right, I said. All right, and you can follow me. All right, too. You don't have a bike. I have a toddle bike. You can't ride a toddle bike to school. Why not? Because you can't. Now hurry up. I don't want to be late on the first day. Alex was waiting for me outside. We headed for school, and Fudge tried hard to keep up with us, running alongside her bikes, panting all the way. We were going really slow, but still he couldn't make it. I felt sorry for the kid. It wasn't his fault he was just a kindergarten baby. So I scooped him up and sat him on the crossbar of my bicycle. Even though my parents have warned me a million times never to do that, I think they once knew somebody who smashed his head open that way. But what they didn't know wouldn't hurt them. Besides, the school wasn't that far, and Fudge really liked riding on my bar. He waved to everybody on the street. I'm starting kindergarten today, he sang. Alex, who had no brothers or sisters, laughed. When we got to the school, I took Fudge to Mrs. Hildebrandt's kindergarten and handed her Fudge's registration card. Then I went upstairs with Alex to Mr. Bogner's sixth grade. All the kids were singing, Oh, who owns school? Oh, who owns the school? Oh, who owns school? The people say, Oh, we own the school. Oh, we own the school because we are sixth graders today. "'I sat down at a desk next to Alex. "'On my other side was a girl. "'I thought about three heads taller than me "'with long, tangled brown hair. "'Mr. Bogner wasn't dumb. "'I could tell right off. "'I can always tell. First, he told us about his summer. "'He was an outward-bound instructor in Colorado. "'He taught college kids to climb mountains.' Then we told them what we did over the summer. I would have liked mine to sound more exciting. I would have liked to tell the class this summer I sailed the Atlantic with just my dog, Turtle, and my best friend, Jimmy Fargo. Oh, sure, we had some rough times, but we made it across. Except that Alex was sitting right there, and he knew the truth. There were three new kids in our class. I was the only one from New York, another boy, Harvey, was from Pennsylvania, and a girl, Martha, was from Minnesota. Mr. Bogner told us about some of the projects we'd be working on during the year, like building a Viking ship and studying our home state of New Jersey. I wanted to tell him that it wasn't my home state and it never would be. But before I had a chance, Martha said, Excuse me, Mr. Bogner, but my home state is Minnesota, so I'll be studying that while the rest of the class does New Jersey. No, Martha, Mr. Bogner said, As long as you're living here, you can consider New Jersey your home state but Mr. Bogner, Martha said, why don't you see me about it after class, Mr. Bogner said, and he didn't sound angry or anything. Later, I found out that the girl who was sitting next to me, the tall one with the tangled hair, is named Joanne McFadden. I was going to ask her where she lived when a message came over the intercom. Good morning, Mr. Bogner. Would you send Peter Hatcher to Mr. Green's office, please? Right away, Mr. Bogner answered. Thank you. Mr. Green was the principal. What did he want with me? Joanne McFadden whispered, what'd you do? I don't know, I said, feeling my face turn red. Do you know where Mr. Green's office is? Mr. Bogner asked. I'll find it, I said. Don't look so worried, Peter, Mr. Bogner said. You can't be in that much trouble. It's only the first day of school. The whole class laughed except Joanne McFadden. She just gave me kind of a shy smile. It probably has something to do with my registration, I thought on my way to the office. I'll bet my mother didn't fill out the part of the registration card about who to call in case of an emergency if the parents can't be reached. She forgets that almost every year, or maybe the principal likes to introduce himself personally to all the new students. But then why wouldn't he have asked for Harvey, too, and Martha from Minnesota? Because he calls them to his office in alphabetical order, I told myself, not knowing either Harvey or Martha's last names. And if he started with the A's early this morning, he'd probably be up to the H's now. Yeah, that made sense. I found Mr. Green's office. I'm Peter Hatcher, I told the secretary. Go right in, she said. He's expecting you. You wanted to meet me? I said to Mr. Green. I mean, see me? Hello, Peter. Mr. Green looks something like my uncle, but my uncle is clean shaven and Mr. Green has a mustache. Now that my father is growing a beard, I'm more aware of these things. We're having a bit of a problem with your brother, Mr. Green said. Oh, so that was it, I thought. I should have known. We've tried to get your mother or father on the phone, but there's no answer, so we're hoping you'll be willing to help us. What do you do this time, I asked. A number of things, Mr. Green said. Come on down to the kindergarten. I'll show you we walked down the hall together. All the kindergarten babies were busy. Some were building with blocks, others were painting, and a group was playing house in the corner. It was just the way I remember kindergarten, but I didn't see fudge anywhere. Oh, Mr. Green, Mrs. Hildebrand said, limping over to us. I'm so glad you're here. I can't do a thing with him. He still refuses to come down. I looked up. Fudge was perched on top of the cabinets that were on the top of the cubbies. He was stretching out, lying across the top, just inches from the ceiling. Hi, Peter, he called, waving. What are you doing up there, I said. Resting. Come on down. No, I don't like this school. I quit. You can't quit, Mr. Green said. Why not, Fudge asked, because going to school is your job, Mr. Green said. Otherwise, what would you do when you grow up? I want to be a bird, Fudge told him. Mr. Green laughed. Creative, isn't he? I wouldn't necessarily call it that, Mrs. Hildebrandt said. Why he'd climb up there in the first place, I asked. Well, Mrs. Hildebrandt said, that is a long story. Because she's mean, Fudge called M-E-A-N. Now, Mr. Green, Mrs. Hildebrand said, you've known me for a long time, and I ask you, have I ever been mean to a child, knowingly, consciously, intentionally mean, especially on the first day of school? She wouldn't call, uh, she wouldn't call me fudge, Fudge said. That's why I had to kick her. He kicked you? I asked, Mrs. Hildebrand. She held up her skirt and showed me her bruised shin. And I don't mind telling you, she said, that I was in great pain. I almost passed out right in front of the children. Is that when he climbed to the top of the cabinets, I asked? That is correct. Because she wouldn't call me Fudge, Fudge said again. "'It's not a proper name,' Mrs. Hildebrand said. "'And it's not as if he hasn't gotten a proper name. "'He has. "'Farley Drexel Hatcher. "'I told him that I would call him Farley, "'or I would call him Drexel, "'or I would call him F.D. "'But she wouldn't call me Fudge!' "'All the little kids turned around, "'and suddenly the room was very quiet. "'That's right,' Mrs. Hildebrand said. "'Fudge is a good name for candy. "'It's not a good name for a boy. "'I told you I'm a bird!' Fudge shouted." There is something very definitely wrong with that child, Mrs. Hildebrandt said. There's nothing wrong with him, I said. My mother calls him fudge. My father calls him fudge. My grandmother calls him fudge. His friends call him fudge. My friends call him fudge. I call him fudge. He calls himself fudge. Yes, we get the picture, Mr. Green says. I can't imagine a parent actually deciding to call a child fudge, Mrs. Hildebrandt said. You don't know my parents, I told her. Well, that's true, but... "'I think what we have here is a basic personality conflict,' Mr. Green said. "'So I suggest that we transfer Fudge to Miss Ziff's kindergarten.' "'Splendid idea,' Mrs. Hildebrand said. "'The sooner, the better.' "'You can come down now,' I told Fudge. "'You're going into another kindergarten.' "'Will the teacher call me Fudge?' he asked. "'As long as you want her to,' Mr. Green said. "'And will she let me use the round blocks?' Mr. Green looked at Mrs. Hildebrand. "'I never let them use the round blocks on the first day. "'It's one of my rules.' you can't build anything good without the wrong blocks fudge said well ask miss siff mr green told fudge but we don't have we do have rules here and you will have to obey them as long as i can use the round blocks fudge said mr green loosened his shirt collar and wiped off his forehead with a handkerchief hurry up i said to fudge i'm missing important things upstairs like what never mind just get down Fudge climbed down to the top, of the, climbed down from the top of the cubbies, and Mister Green reached up and lifted him the rest of the way down. Goodbye, Farley Drexel, Missus Hildebrand called. Goodbye, Rat Face, Fudge said to her. I gave him an elbow and whispered, "You don't go around calling teachers Ratface. not even if they have one." He asked. Not even then, I said. Mr. Green and I took Fudge next door to Miss Sif's kindergarten. She was reading Arthur the Anteater to the kids. I could tell that Fudge was impressed. I know that story, he said. Arthur doesn't like to eat red ants. Mr. Green handed Miss Sif Fudge's registration card. His name is Farley Drexel, Mr. Green said, but everybody calls him Fudge. Miss Sif smiled at Fudge. And I'll bet you're as sweet as your name, she said. I am, Fudge agreed. Just ask Mrs. Hildebrandt, I said to myself. My brother's school career had begun.